What's up, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Beers and. Today, we're going to be talking about beers and money. Money, 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 money. Money. I can't go that high. I don't think, I don't know if I did. I, I kind of blacked out a little, I'll be honest. <laughs> Welcome in, welcome in everyone. What's up and how are you? Uh, my name is Alex and to my right, my buddy Nick. Hi Alex. What's going on, homie? Oh, you know, just enjoying an, another uh, fun Thursday. Yeah, we, uh, in, in another location. Oh Again, yeah, I was thinking about it. very mobile. I was thinking about it as I was setting up the, uh, the camera, which eventually, folks, you're going to see so much. You're going to see our face all through summer, fall, and winter by the time. But uh, <laughs> And but, then you're going to be wishing you hadn't. Yeah, well. But I did realize, I was like, this is our third location in... Like three recordings? Three recordings, yeah. Yeah, Or we've had four different locations in four weeks or something along those lines. (laughs) We're doing great. We're doing a great job. Hey, you know, life throws things at you. And if you're you're not ready, you got to take one right in the kisser. Yep, and get back up. Get back up. I am super hyped to have our beer today. I'm always excited for a beer. Always. Always. I finished up with work and, you know, I guess maybe my last class wrapped up around like one-ish. I kind of sat in my office for like 45 minutes. I was like, what should I do? What should I do? And then I was like, you're going to go have a beer. Go home. Take a, take a nap and then go ahead and uh, and start driving on up. And I realized that no matter what, I have one of the greatest lives <laughs> that there is. That's true right I now. am. I am aware of it i acknowledge it i appreciate it yeah and we're, we're doing fun things all the time absolutely so we're going to be drinking from source love getting stuff from source what was the last one we've had from source it's been a while um, now oh i can't even remember neither can i i, I this be... actually might be our first source beer so i've just i like that i asked what was the last one we had you said i don't know but when with me on this adventure of maybe we did have one. Yeah, I had to think about it. We've had quite a few. We should go rob a liquor store because I guarantee that neither one of us would rat on the other one. And this would be the last time you've ever seen the crew of Beer's Hand. Well, and they'd actually see our faces probably too on the C- the That's grainy true. CCTV. Hey, you know what they say? All publicity is good publicity. Preach. Yeah. Preach. So Source cooked up this um, really interesting milkshake IPA. It's a triple milkshake IPA. It actually... Uh, kind of scares me it's 11 percent. Ooh, doggy so, so a bit yeah tipping the scales a little bit um it's conditioned on pomegranate fig Ooh. cab salve grapes vanilla and milk sugar Ooh, that's like a that's like a real like white lady who studied abroad in the southern mediterranean beer okay i like that it's, it's called happy new year Oh, this, so this was actually brewed for the new year, brewed to celebrate the changing of the guard, twenty twenty one into twenty twenty two. Nice, and wasn't uh, wasn't it just earlier this week was the lunar new year as well? Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh, I didn't even realize. We are now in the year of the tiger. Oh, fantastic! Right? Yeah, that's actually a strong year. Yeah, I hope. so. I like that. <laughs> I hope so. Well, yeah, let's keep it. Keep it up, tiger. Oh, I don't know. Copyright nice. infringement or whatever. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's okay. Uh, what song was that? I don't even know. Uh, I was about to answer too, like a like a jackass. 
Okay, doing a great job on Thursday evening. That's okay. Let's get into the question before we crack the beer. Um, This one was kind of just like for the show. I want to know, because I think we're desensitized to it at this point as a populace. What do you consider a lot of money? Like if somebody said they would give you a sum of money to help pay off your debts or to start a new business venture, like what's a lot to you? To me, like if someone was to go ahead and give me... Like one lump sum. One lump sum. Honestly, like if someone turned around to me and said to me, here's like $100,000, like that to me is a, that's a, I can do a lot with $100,000. You want to know what's funny is that was my answer. Was it really? Six figures. Once you touch that. Yeah. That. I, I think that you're, you're encroaching on like a nice amount of money to go do something with. Yes. I, wow. That's interesting. I wouldn't have, I didn't think we were both going to have the same. Yeah. I didn't think so either. Yeah. Huh. When well, I first asked myself the question, I was like, oh, 5 million. But then I was like, wait a second. I think that's because I even in my head at first, I was like, ooh, $500,000. And I was like, $500,000. I was like, okay, what's realistically would I get like stoked about and I could look forward to then doing something with? A hundred grand. Absolutely. Ooh, my goodness. Almost took your head off. Took my head off on that one. Speaking of people getting their heads almost taken off. Oh, yeah. Why don't you tell the people what happened to you? What? I had an incredibly interesting day today. Go ahead. What were you saying? I was going to say, we were originally supposed to go ahead and start recording uh, probably about an hour and a half from now because Alex was going to be at work all day. And then Alex went to work today. So (laughs) I show up at work today. You know, I told you guys I work at, at a warehouse. I manage a warehouse. And in our warehouse, there's a metal roll up door, you know, pull the chain whole nine yards. And I'm pulling the chain, cranking up the door, you know, getting ready for the guys to come in for the day. And I hear a sound from above me. And when I look, I have have just enough time to dodge out of the way of this like 30 pound metal piece that came flying off of this unit right in my head. And, uh, you know, obviously I'm okay because I'm here, but it it involved a trip to the ER. I... We're, we're using, you know, my phone to record, but I was... Oh, yeah, if you can see ex- my head right now, my goodness. But I was explaining to Alex that when... For one thing, and I never thank you for this, you leave messages. You're a message lever. I am. And I don't hate them because they always start with, hey, man, you don't need to call me back. That's and that's also true. Gets right into the business. But usually I'll get then a transcript of the message also. So I leave my office. I go and I see that I've got a, a call. I go and I start to read the transcript and it just says, hey, bro, I don't forget at the ER, metal, head, <laughs> I'm okay. And I was like, what in the shit it was crazy. has happened to you? It was crazy, man. Ah. And, I've, and, you know, like weird stuff always happens to me. Oh, yeah. You know this just oh, from yes. being friends with me. Like the time I had an almond stuck in my chest. <laughs> I don't know if we, we told do, everyone I, about I'm that. I'm pretty sure we did. did we? Yeah, it's that a good was story. Uh, again. That was one of the more recent ones too. That was very real. Yeah, that's only in like two, three or four months ago. Wow, I forgot about that. Yeah, good times. <laughs> I did not sniff the beer yet. <laughs> yeah, I'll never forget. <gasps> oh God, I'm, I'm getting more. Wow, I can't believe I'm going to say this. It smells like a Galaxy IPA. It does, and it's because of that fruitier. Sort of a smell. That super like that pomegranate. Berry. Yep. Yeah. That super berry. And that makes sense. Oh, so the fig, the pomegranate, the grapes. Oh, man. 
It's but it smells mellow. I was expect. I, I'm wondering if that's how the vanilla is going to function because I was expecting to smell a little bit more of that, and I haven't. Yeah, same. Now the more I smell it, I just smell alcohol. Oh, so so cheers. Cheers, sounds fine by me. Okay, that drinks like like a barley wine. Is that what I'm? Um, I don't know. There's something. I don't know if you're familiar. familiar with that style. I don't know if I am either. But it's, there is something very familiar. Let me let me use it. the power of the internet and just really really quickly give you the exact definition of barley wine, so I don't have to party foul this next week. Thinking ahead, I like that. Only takes a crack on the skull to yeah, go ahead and start. I was going to say maybe the maybe the hit on the head actually uh, did me some good. So, oh, this one's only about. The Sierra Nevada one? I just want to know what a barley wine is. I do. It should be right on the, the left-hand side, right-hand side. Oh, yeah, I got it. Oh, okay, there we go. Um, the first beer to be marketed as a barley wine was, oh, it was Bass number one. Oh. We've had Bass. I don't know if we've ever had number one. No, neither have I. Um, okay, here we go. And this is why I equated it to her so quickly is usually they're very, very high percentage. This says anywhere between six to 12. Okay. Um, specifically, I'm going to talk about gravities. I don't know what that means. Um, the, the word wine is only used to describe its alcoholic strength, similar to wine, hmm. but usually it's a very malty forward beer. And that's what I'm getting here, but not from the malts. I think it's going to be from the use or the flavoring of, uh, with the Cabernet grapes. I wonder if that's why yeah, you I might think, be getting it from I think a little you're bit. Right. That whiny sweetness. The... Vanilla does come through once you get that full sip. It's really strange because the vanilla comes through on the back, but yes. also right in the middle in between like the grape and the fig or the fig and the pomegranate. I, I can't figure it out yet. And that's what's kind of interesting is because the smell is more, like you said, berry. And I would have expected more pomegranate, but the flavor does not reflect that. And I like it Definitely. for that reason. I like it for that reason. It's also... Like, I feel like whenever we have this much fruit in a beer, it's not an IPA. Normally, it's like a sour. So we're, we still, we're still getting that IPA backbone, I guess, if you will. It's a really robust. Like it, it, it's it, so rich. That's the term. It's so rich. That's No, you're term. right. Robust. I would, I would yeah. use that too. But it's not. It's it, right in that sweet spot between. Um, it's a little bit lighter. In terms of like mouthfeel than a stout. Yeah, definitely. But a little bit more than a porter, I think. Yeah, it's, it's from the milk. Yeah. The milk sugar. This is really, this is really, really nice. You know what I think it is? This is, and I and I think I'm going to use the right word. I think of the gestalt principle. The sum of the parts. Oh. The, the, the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. Yeah. For this beer. Did yeah. I use the right one? Yeah, that, that does sound very gestaltish. Yeah. I, well, I know there's another one that's the opposite. The, the sum of the parts are greater than the whole, but I can't remember who that is. I want to say the last name starts with an M. I don't know. I don't know, but we'll go with Gestalt. But anyway, one. I think that the flavors in this beer come together and actually give it its overall balance. Yeah, because I was a little concerned with, because I do know that, uh, again, Fig is a much, almost a darker, richer, deeper flavor. Same thing yeah. with the vanilla pomegranate you know you're getting pomegranate and i was a little concerned about that mix because 
it's not, like you said, it's not a sour. So I wasn't sure how everything was going to kind of balance out, but it is done very, very well. I feel like the fig and the grapes together really bring that like whiny, almost like super malty, super rich overtone. But then the pomegranate comes in like on the side and is like, hey, I'm here. I'm a fan. I like it. Yeah. I didn't know that these guys were from Cold Snack. Oh, we got to go. Yeah, we do. Yeah, you know what? I think that's what it was. We we haven't had Source, but we've, we've talked spoken about, about them before. Source. Yes. Yeah, they're so close. This and honestly, it's really, a really cool place, dude. Yeah, and this is really, really well made. Yeah. Really they, well they've, made. I, I never really had them until almost two years ago. Well, and you know, the, the, the use of milk sugar, which you've really kind of like turned me on to since you started doing this. There are times when it can be too much. Definitely. This is not one of those times. I agree. I think it's really smart, very well balanced. Four, three, five. Ooh, wow. It is an extraordinarily good beer for me. I would, I could have a couple of them. Not, you know, maybe not a full, I could have like two, if you three have of any these more, guys. If you have any more than two or three of these, you're going to be in a bad that's bad true. way. Yeah, make sure that you go ahead and line your stomach first. For sure. I like it though. I like it a lot. Okay, before I give my grade, I'm gonna well, let's do a party foul. <laughs> I don't know what is with me today. Oh, somebody cute. Sorry. The music. <laughs> we bo- we both effed up. How so? Last episode. Oh, now we're talking about the party fouls. We okay. talked about that. Oh, I was yeah. going to say, what did we just do now? I'm sitting right here. I, I don't even have my hands on anything. The party foul. I don't know what to do with my hands. Uh, the party foul. Nick and Nick nor I knew how to spell desist. Correct. We did not. And I consider us very good at spelling. We are. <laughs> that sounds very rudimentary, but it wasn't. I don't know how I always am at spelling, but... At least I can use the word. That's true. Although I kept, when I walked in and we were talking about this, I was like, I don't even know if I know what the word desist means. That surprises me. And well, because until you said what phrase? Cease and desist. Because I feel like I've never heard the word desist. Yeah. Unaccompanied by cease. You're right. And you know what's weird is that they both mean the same thing. It's just really redundant. Do we, well, cease I know definitely means stop yeah desist yeah it, it simply means I, I stop as up. well yeah I, stop I and it up stop because i had to know let me tell you we got to go back if you guys haven't english is hard Dude. what is the point someone all right yeah before i tell you this go watch english is hard or listen to english is hard episode four i believe the word cease is in the definition of desist get the fuck out of here not kidding really it says cease abstain that is some... Why does English suck? Weak, weak... You're right. Definition. You're right. Defining. Ugh, I don't, I don't, I don't I like say it all the time, all. they're all made up. They are all made up. I feel like I had another party foul, but I think when I was listening back to the previous episode, I was so hung up on this one that I negated to remember or write down what the other one was, nor look up this particular party foul also. I think I just became so frustrated with myself. I was really upset with me. And Christina was like, it's right. Like, what's wrong with you? I don't she know. knew. Everybody's allowed to have their days. You're right. Hector, you got any party fouls? 
Oh, Hector fell too. Oh, he, he has a party Hector, fell. Hector, yeah. Yeah, he had a party fell. Poor little guy fell right Did he off. fall today? Uh, yesterday? Yesterday. Yes, yesterday was Wednesday. Yes. Sorry, uh, buddy. Yeah. It was luckily it was only his his leaf. Nothing physical. That's good. Happened to the face, nothing to the money maker. Margaret Thatcher's okay over there too. Everybody's all right. And if, of, and if you're thinking oh, we've been huffing glue, yet again, go back and check out some of the past episodes. Definitely not. <laughs> we do not condone that. No. no speaking no, no, no. speaking of money. Yeah. What kind of did you find anything interesting? Like you don't have to go into a whole thing, but did you find anything that you really wanted to bring up today? Mm. I did. I'd like to start uh I didn't give my rating yet, but please continue. Oh, I, I like... when you're when you're done, I will. Okay. Oh yeah. So you know me, I've got to kind of go off the beaten path a little bit with some of our topics when it comes to research. And we are now in February, and it is Black History Month. Oh, that's not what I thought you were going to say. What did you think I was going to say? Punxsutawney Phil. Oh, no, I wasn't going to make make reference to, to Punxsutawney. Okay. Now, and you know that I'm all about that Staten Island Steve life. For sure. For sure. <laughs> um, so I actually did some research into places with the name money oh nice in it um and you're probably saying why did you go ahead and preface by mentioning uh, that it's black history month we'll get there so there is a place in mississippi that's called money mississippi and money mississippi is an infamous town so not a famous town, but an infamous town. Why is that? Uh, that is the town that is known for the lynching of 14-year-old Emmett Tills. Are you familiar with no, Emmett Tills? No, not familiar. Okay. So in 1955, while visiting his uncle, uh, Tills was, he was visiting from Chicago. Tills was accused of flirting with a white woman at a local grocery store. Okay, because that would... 55, yes. Yes, 1955. And flirting was a crime uh, if, if, you were, if you were black. The owner of the grocery store and his brothers became enraged at this. They found Tills, abducted him, tortured him, and then murdered him. The two of them were arrested and subsequently acquitted by an all-white jury, despite later admitting to the killing in an interview for Look Magazine in 1956. So one year later. One year later. So the reason why I, I bring this up as well is because this was a, a particularly famous point, uh, really, in, in modern American history. So what happened was that when Till's body was returned you know, back to his mother, uh, in Chicago, and they had a, a funeral. His mother, uh, Mamie Till Bradley, had requested for an open casket and specifically had said, I want this to be an open casket to let people see what they had done Woof. to her son. And in many ways, that is what galvanized the civil rights movement because the photo of this this young man murdered in his coffin was published and plastered everywhere. 
In 2007, the woman who had accused Tills admitted that she had fabricated the details in her testimony. Oh, man. If, and, and what happened to this lady? If Oh, nothing. Nothing. That's, that's the whole thing. If I'm not a... a, a again, I, I wanted to also mention this because A, I found it interesting, uh, and B, I figured start with maybe something just a little bit heavier. Um, and then we can, you know, get lighter as time goes by. Sure. But if you or anybody ever gets a chance to go to the um, African-American Museum in D.C., just opened up a couple years ago. I went about two or three, yeah, two or three years, I want to say I went. Uh, beautiful museum, but they have a place. They have a, a like a, a room, if you will, that is dedicated to this. And you essentially, and they set it up as if you are going into a, oh, a viewing. No and when I tell you that I wept like, I look, I'm, I'm welling up now. Yeah. I wept like a child, like a that's baby. Powerful, it was man. such, that's what it was such that's a powerful. beautiful homage. And, and at the same time, such a sad, yeah. sad story. Wow. Uh, so that again, money, Mississippi. So <laughs> that was, a, I did not know we were going there, but you know what? I'll pass you the baton. It's no, it's okay. I'm taking it. Um, you know, you said that we we start we're starting a little heavy. Oh, excuse me, and we and we did today with the beer. Yes, we did. Yes. So, uh, so I'm gonna bring it full circle. I'm originally I was gonna say 4.15, but actually after it warmed up a little bit, I think I'm gonna go like 4.25. Okay. So you and I are right there. Yeah, right, right there. 4.3, if anything, as I mean, a as a middle point. There's maybe like a whisper of the 11 percent in here. It's funny you mentioned that because when you said that you had smelt. The alcohol, I don't think I really did. No. And I definitely don't taste it. Yeah, it's it's hidden behind the wine flavor. Oh, yeah. Well, and God it knows, really is. You know, I'm 30% wine as it is, so I figured that that, that tracks. He's more wine than man. Ah, ah, I'll live forever. This guy. Yeah, you will. Oh, I just clinked my teeth. No, no I'm oh, not going anywhere. Welcome to the party because I did that before. So you guys know me, like I, I like to do the history and I, I probably don't say this enough, but I really believe this. Like you really got to know where you came from to know where you're going. Absolutely. And, and I really do believe that. So I w was curious about the origin of paper money. Oh, paper money in particular. Yeah. Be because I knew that was more recent. Oh yeah, yeah. 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 So what I found was before paper money, common things that used to be bartered or traded with were tea, rice, salt, Seeds, tobacco, and livestock. Bring it all back. As far as I'm concerned, those sounds like some of the most important things I still need today. I'm into the bartering system. Yeah. Metal objects represented money as early as 5000 BC. Wow. And I got I got that on investopedia.com. Ooh, look at you with citing your sources. Come on. Come on. So we got to change sometimes. So out of curiosity, yeah. does that... Was there a specific civilization they had accredited that to? Was like the Byzantines or the Assyrians? So or? I, I didn't see that, but I did see that the Lydians started using coins in 7th century BC. Wow, that's still... So long like, ago. Oh my God. Yeah, and it's it's cool to kind of see how metal, even back then, was still prized. You know, like we put an overemphasis on it now, like gold and silver, but like it, it was still the same way. You know, yeah. like you would trade your uh, someone metal for something. Huh. Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. Never Eventually, we got to paper money, and it was... I, I went to the U.S. Okay. Because that's where, you know, we're from there, and 
I figured that's where we would start. What are you talking about, mate? So, oh, this is uh, a bit of um, coincidence. On February 3rd, 1690. Today's February 3rd? So exactly uh, 332 years ago? Sure. Yeah, I, yep. I think that's actually right. 1620, you said? 1690. Oh, 1690. Yeah, that sounds good. I like that. Well done. Good job, Alex. Um, in, in On that date, the first paper money was used in the U.S., um, and it was put forward by, issued by the Massachusetts Bay Colony. Oh, yes. Okay. This same colony was the first to mint its own silver coins in 1652. Wow. And what it really did was help fund the military against Canada's King William's War. Wait. Yeah. Yeah. Canada King William's War. Huh. Yep. So the, sometimes money where it was more of an IOU. Oh, almost like an early sort of like uh, like bond, like you're buying like kind a of. liberty bond type yeah, deal. Exactly. People would either represented a credit or an IOU. Interesting. And soldiers could, I didn't know this, soldiers could spend or trade IOU like silver and gold. So these little bills of paper that are just IOUs to the soldiers. Yeah. You can, they could use them as silver and gold. Well, wasn't that the case up until the, so I believe that like up until like World War II is when they had started to go ahead and like kind of reel things in when it came to um, gold and silver. And then technically in the U.S., I mean, we were on the gold standard until 71, I want to say. I actually, you know, what's funny is I originally planned to do exactly what you just said and go into it yeah. and find out when. And then I got sidetracked by it, this, by the stuff I'll tell you later. If I'm not mistaken, it was 71. I know at the very minimum that it was during uh, Nixon's administration, Richard Nixon's administration, that they had done away with the gold standard. And apparently in this, I don't think I learned until much, much later. Um, it was only supposed to be temporary. It wasn't supposed to, because the, that's when we started to see... I think you're right. You know, really high inflation in the early to mid-70s. I think you're right. And, yeah. And, I, and this is why. So after the revolution in 1775, they actually tried to repeat this original printing of money. Mm -hmm. But how they did it didn't go over so well. Do you know what a continental is? It's a breakfast usually that comes at a, a majority of, of chain hotels. It, it, it is. Um no, a continental was the name for this new note that um, was issued oh. instead of money. But what happened was is that you couldn't readily exchange them for gold or silver. And Congress made it hard for people to use them. They enacted these rules for future redemption of these tickets, let's call them, these continentals. So each state was assigned a quota. Yeah. of how many they could return to Congress to actually get the money for. Oh, my God. Yeah. And then um, inflation happened, like you said. Yeah. And this actually caused the overprinting of the Continentals. And since they weren't backed by anything, they very, very quickly fell off. And they actually stopped being issued in 1779. That quickly? Yes. Super fast. So only over the course of four years. Wow. I also know that, if I'm not mistaken, it was so easy to print Forgeries. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, if I'm... Yeah. That kind of makes sense, though. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I think Paul Revere, if I'm not mistaken, used to print money for a period. That is a name I have not heard in a long time. Oh, well, listen, my child, and you shall hear. Um, yeah, I don't know why I know... Thank you. He'll be here all night. I'll be here all night. I don't know why I seem to know so much offhand 
unnecessary. That's a fantastic question. <laughs> unnecessary information. Yeah, we know what about... Nick does in his normal time. I already thought about the fact is like what I'm going to go and do when I go home post grilled cheese. And, and I've got some, we, in my home, we refer to it as sleuthing, which is when I find something that I want to research and I need to be, I have to wait till Nick goes to sleep. And by that, I mean, I have to wait till Nick falls asleep. (laughs) And then I secretly just chain smoke cigarettes and dive into like old newspaper articles oh oh dude come on i told you my favorite one that i figured out so far mild sidebar no i don't maybe not so you know i live in a historic building yeah very nice and thank you it's it's uh my home it's old um so there was a story that had come out years ago early 2000s making this claim that this one particular like famous silent uh actor had lived in the building uh, someone by the name of, uh, her name was uh, Myrna Loin. And they got to a point where, like, they host, like, movie nights for the Myrna Loin. And I, like, I was like, I don't think that she ever actually, like, lived here. I went through all of the census data. <laughs> oh, my God. From the early, late 20s and early 30s. There is no record of this woman ever having lived in the building. So now whenever I hear people on, like, tours of, like, here's the bathroom and here's the grand vestibule. Or, you know, Myrna Loin used to have gone, no. No, she didn't. Don't let him sell you this pack of lies. I don't That's, get that is phenomenal. I don't get invited to many Christmas parties. You you are something else, sir. Oh, I, I try. You know what I want? Money. We all do. So the song, money. That's what I want. You know, great song. Great song. So I decided to look into a little bit of this. Yep, that's what I want. Yep. Um, it's formally called money. Brackets. That's yes. what I want. Uh, it was written by Barry Gordy and Janie Bradford for Tamiya Records. Do any of those names ring a bell to you? No. Okay. So Tamiya Records was owned by Gordy and Bradford. Uh, Bradford, And of course, it then became Motown. Barry Gordy is the founder of Motown. Oh, interesting. So the song was first recorded and released in 1959 uh, by Barrett Strong. And in fact, it became the first hit record for Motown. I did not know about that at all. I had no idea. I had no idea. Like, it was such a spontaneous, you know. I'm not a huge Motown guy. Oh. I gotta say. Oh, I'm a big, I love Motown. I got to really be in the mood. Really? Oh, yeah. That's usually Mike in, in the shower. I like to throw in a little Motown. Really? Absolutely. Okay. Ah, yeah. Absolutely. I, I was like about to, play... to sing, but I, I figured I'll, I'll save it for when you're at least expecting it. I like to play Jack Johnson in the shower. That? What? Yeah. I'm going to keep reading about yep, Barry you Gordy. probably should. <laughs> We're not going to dive into that. So the song itself, and I think you would appreciate this from a musician's uh, standpoint. Sure. So the song came about uh, during a continuous improv record session. They were just... Oh, love that. Right? So the guitarist and the bassist for the song, they were originally unknown. So a quote from uh, one of the musicians that was working uh, made the claim that, quote, two white kids walking home from high school who heard the music out on the street and wandered into Hitsville. Hitsville is the name of the record studio and asked if they could play along. 
And allegedly, that's how the guitarist and the bassist on the original recording of Money came about. Later on, the guitarist was identified uh, by the, as someone by the name of Eugene Grew, but no mention of who the bassist was, no mention of Damn. anything else. Um, yeah, later on, there were two, there were a number of covers. The Beatles, of course, covered uh, the song. It was the last track on With the Beatles. I think that's the one that I think of the most when I hear that song. Oh, you see, and I think of the one by The Flying Lizards. Oh, maybe it is that one. I don't uh, know. The, the Flying Lizards is the one where it's like a, it's a woman's voice, woman's uh, lead singer. And she I just says it. it very stunted. The best things in life are free. I have heard that. That's, uh, yep, that was their unexpected hit and the only one that the band would have. The Lizards. <laughs> the Flying Lizards. That is not a better name. No. No. Nope. Oh. Spe- oh, speaking of terrible names. Okay. <laughs> a, tra- a lot of interesting transitions we're making today. Yeah, we're on fire. I-, I know you're not a sports guy, but like, do you know the whole backlash two years ago, the Washington Redskins? How they had to take you away know, the name I Redskins. I find that to be I know, so I closed-minded I know, it's so bad. I know. Well, I not am, of me. I, I, am, yeah. I, am I don't familiar, care what you call me. yourself. So they've been the Washington football team for the last two years. Yes. That's, that's been their club name. <clears throat> we'll fix I think it, it in was, post. Say again? We'll fix it, we'll fix we'll it in fix post. We'll fix it in post. Uh, this morning, oh, they yes. actually finally announced their new name. I saw. Oh, you did see. I did. And the thoughts? I like it. You do? The Commanders? Yeah. What would you rather it be? Quite literally anything else. Okay, here's At here first I almost of- flubbed and said the Commodores and then <laughs> thought that would be an even better name. That actually is a better Ladies name. Ladies and gentlemen, now presenting the 2023 Washington Commodores. Or how about just Condors? Isn't that a Ooh, bird? Or, uh, no, Condors I think is are- Is that a bird? They don't exist. I don't. I don't believe. Oh, I think they're either ex- they're extinct or they're fictional. Yeah. Oh, okay. Regardless, I, the commanders. Sorry. Um. Yeah, I think that's a terrible name. I said the first things that came to mind were, you know, like, and Christina was like, "Isn't there already a name for that sports team?" And I said, "It doesn't matter. There's the Cardinals in baseball and the Cardinals in football." Oh and yeah. I said I said the Galaxy, Washington oh, Galaxy. That wouldn't be bad. Or I, and then I said Dragons, but Christina was like, "I don't think they would do that." I always think of my favorite fake. Sports team, which is the Bazooka Sharks. Do you watch American from American Dad? Yeah, indoor arena football in Langley Falls, and the name of the team they're the Langley Falls Bazooka Sharks. I have never seen this one, and I'm gonna find it. Oh, there are so many episodes with them too. They're just oh, I've never oh, seen dude, this. They're just giant jacked up sharks with bazookas. It's the f- okay. it is the funniest funniest thing. Say no more. You sold me. You know what? I want to throw it out there. We'll put up a poll on uh, Instagram, if anything. What do you think the name should have oh, been? Oh, man. Please, anything else in the Commanders. What would you have? You said Dragons? I really like Galaxy. Okay. Or like, how about the Washington Blues? I can't. Oh, I hate my brain so much. Because it's oh, uh, it's Washington State, right? No, it's DC. Okay, so like the first thing that came to mind, I was like, why didn't they just call themselves the Potomacs? And then I realized that that's also mm. another Native American uh, oh, yeah, name and probably shouldn't be appropriated either. Uh, know, I don't know. Why didn't they do from, you know, a la Keanu Reeves and the replacements, why didn't they do the Washington Senators? That was a that, that was, was a team. name too in the past. The Senators? I believe so. Previously, there I don't was know a team if named it was a the Senators. Name. 
It might have been a. Regardless, I think that's one. a great. That's a great name. A great name. Yeah. Yeah. You Somebody know, put me on the, you know, the the terrible Washington Commanders PR team. Ugh. Yeah, they got enough. They got to deal with them. Sure. Oof. They got to yeah, sell the name Commanders. Front office. That would be a disaster. All right. Anyway, let's get back into money. So, yeah, but yeah. So actually, I tied in one of our previous episodes. I wanted to talk about after Hamilton proposed the bank. Oh. What happened with money? So literally the next year after Hamilton proposed the bank, mm-hmm. the U.S. dollar was adopted. So again, and now I don't know if you have the dates down, but I want to see if I can recall back in my brain. Okay. I'd be really impressed. 1881 was when the bank was first established. So that would that make it right. 18. Oh, I'm sorry. Not 18. 17. 1781 was when the bank was first established. So that would imply that 1782 is when the dollar came about. Oh, you were so close. Founded in 1782. So 1783. That was really good, though. Damn it. I am incredibly impressed. Well, because I got it wrong the first time also. Uh, Yeah. Well, that was my bit, and I still don't even know. All right. Fair enough. Quickly following um, the adoption of the dollar. Of the dollar. The dollar. Of the dollar. The invention of the U.S. Mint. The Federal Monetary System. And the U.S. Coinage Act of 1792. Oh. Literally all in within 10 years. Interesting. And then, believe it or not, I didn't know this. Although the country initially adopted the dollar Mm -hmm. to circulate, it only circulated as coins until 1861. It was that long? Yep. Didn't return to paper currency until 1861. It's funny you say that because as we're, we were having some of the conversations earlier about paper money in general, I was thinking about how much I abhor the dollar bill. Yeah, it sucks. And how so many other countries, so many other countries, it's a $1 or a $2 piece, and it's a one and done. So, oh, you're talking about specifically the U.S. $1 bill. Correct. Okay. Yes, because I just find them to be cumbersome to hold. They're like pennies. And pennies cost more money to make than they're actually worth. Why are we we still making pennies? Listen. This is why America's failing. America, wake. I'm glad that we both went to this. This is why America's failing. We are. How long we've been making pennies for? Fucking God. I don't understand. And every time I go into a CVS, it says there's a national coinage shortage. Yeah, I wonder why. You're using all the copper to make pennies. Reel it in, Nick. Reel it in. Okay. Reel You're in. with me on this. Oh, man. You're, I was just going to say, I will, because if I don't, that means I'm going to hey, take you off your leash, too. You know what, guys? We figured out that it actually is not cost efficient to print pennies. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, we should probably still do it anyway. Yeah, we should do because that's what we all know. And if I don't see things tomorrow like they are today, what kind of anarchy would we live in? Yeah, in America. I think we. That's Thank how you that very much, went. folks, for joining us for our newest segment called "Dripping Condescension" with Alex and Nick. Like actually, oh my. I'm so so wet. <laughs> sopping, dripping, sopping wet. I took a turn, and this is actually the last bit of research that I did. Okay, that's that's not true. There, there's one more, but I I took a turn, and I wanted to, which is what I think you were going to go with before. I thought you were going to go with. I went in and found all of the comparisons of the U.S. dollar versus everything else. Oh, I was. Are you talking about like um? It's actually everything compared to the euro. 
Are you talking value-wise or... Value-wise. I was just doing this earlier today. Perfect. This works out very well. Yeah, it does. All right. So the US dollar compared to the euro, Mm -hmm. one euro is 1.1138 Oh, okay. US dollars. That must have changed from when I was searching earlier today. Because it happens like it's a minute to minute. Oh, okay. Like it changes in real time. Then maybe then I'm wrong. Uh, No, 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 no. You're, you're, it depends also like on the outlet sometimes. Oh, really? So like you're talking about like splitting hairs. So as long as this is, is this from today? No. Okay. So that actually might explain it then. Yeah. Then maybe it is. Today, I believe it was 114. Oh, wow. Really? So we suck less today than we did only like a week ago. Just a little bit. Just by only like three hundredths of a place. Yeah. No, it's it's, it's, not too bad. Not terrible i guess but three hundredths of a place over week after week after week wait no it's the other way around we got a little bit weaker because yeah that's what i meant we suck we yeah suck we actually suck more this week isn't that what i said we no i said we suck less i think you said we suck yeah less. we suck more we suck more okay okay so anyway things, things that i found really interesting like i wanted to go and find the biggest disparities in um actual numbers so, like, for instance, oh. the Hungarian forint. Okay. One euro is equal to $358.42 of Hungarian forint. Wow. Yeah. Oh, wait. It, it, it gets crazy. Can I guess at what the biggest one is? Yeah, for sure. Is I, it, I think you might be able to guess it really easily. Actually. Is it the Venezuelan Bolivar? It's actually not. Okay. All right, then I don't want to ruin well, it. Well, it, it on this day anyway. Okay, it, I have it as the rupee. The well, it's called the rupia. Oh, is it, but is it still rup? Is it pronounced rupee? This is the currency of In- India. Indonesian, Indonesian rupiah. So maybe I don't, maybe it's it might be rupia. it might be rupia then. Yeah. Either way, in Indonesia, one euro yeah. is equal to sixteen thousand forty-seven and seventy-six rupiah. Oh my goodness. It's it's interesting for us, you know, I think in our society and whatnot, because we do think of that as like, oh my goodness, that's so much. And it very well might be, but that could also imply that like, if I go to the market, that something costs 20,000 rupiah, it really means that it's, you know, one euro 25 or one right. euro 10. Exactly. But still like that's, that's. It's the disparity sounds much bigger than it actually is. Like that's, I know for years, like, uh, before Italy, obviously like, uh, transferred over to the Euro, like Lira was one of those things where like, you know, something would be 90 Lira, but it would be, you know, two bucks American or whatever my, you know, but it's still, it's still strange though, because like, if you think about it, like how much Indonesian rupiah equals $1. It's a lot. It's a lot. Like one rupiah is, less than a fraction of a cent and we're the standard like we're the u.s dollar is the base so it it was the british pound yes up until yes the end of uh the second world war i forgot they got rid of the pound no 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 they still have this they still have the pound oh but the pound oh so the the standard oh i didn't know that yeah so the standard for you know i guess like uh equivalencies and whatnot had been for years based off the sterling pound up until the end of the war because they obviously, you know, had to rebuild, whereas we didn't. So, like, we have only, we're only really in this, like, super power position because of the fact that 
we adopted or the world's kind of adopted the US dollar then as the standard. Oh, wow. Yeah. I didn't know it stemmed from that. Yeah. That, I mean, that's what I had seen. So cool. I'm going to run with it. Okay. Yeah. If anything, you know, tune in next week for when, when I have to go ahead and uh, see how many of my feet I can put in my mouth. For when we party fail. Actually, yeah. you know what? Uh, funny you say that. I just scrolled over the sterling pound. Oh. And it's uh, 0.83. Sterling yeah. pounds is equal to one euro. So it's still the superior currency. Yes. And that's the thing that always fascinated me. Whenever I looked at, like, if you were to even see, like, the pound to the, uh, to the dollar, like, They're the superior. pound is still stronger. Right. So I keep thinking to myself, how? Why? You know, why, why, does that, why does that happen if we're the standard? That's actually the only one on the list that is lower than every other number. It's not a whole number. Really? Yeah. Every, huh. every other number is greater than one. Smelling a conspiracy. Smelling oh, I, I could, I'm sniffing that out from a mile away. That's wild, though. It's so strange, man. Like, why can't why can't we all just unite? Use the same currency. Use the same measurements. <laughs> like, why does everyone hate each other? Why do we have to put up signs in a, in a workplace to ask people to not be rude to the staff? Like, it all stems from the same thing. the The currency thing does sound like something that would, you know, be challenging to get across after a while but but i'm not i'm not no i know you're not discrediting yeah no because the and then we'll get back into money i swear but the measurement thing for me is infuriating it's so silly at the fact that we insist on using something falsely named the standard system. I know. I don't know. That Who is, is it the biggest for. Yeah, that is the biggest fallacy. If I'm not mistaken, it's only us, and I want to say two other countries. One other country. There's, I believe, a there's an African country that uses it, and I can't even remember the other one. But everybody else uses the metric system. Should we work in series of fives and tens? No, 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 no. That's way too hard. No, no, no. Let's no, split no, those no. up into five more pieces and then we'll work it out. How much is a yard? 3.147 feet. What? Why? Why isn't it just one? Why isn't it just one? So only three countries. The United States, Liberia. That's the one. And Myanmar. And Myanmar. It'll always be Burma to me. It'll always be Burma to me. Liberia, if I'm not mistaken, is the only country that has a capital that is named after an American president. Oh, that's not what I thought you were going to say. Oh, yeah. Who? I want to say Taylor or Tyler, perhaps. I'm going to find out right now. Okay. Monrovia? Monrovia after James uh James Monroe. Oh, it's actually oh it's, it's actually named, named after him because after this gentleman. Right. I so got you. once uh Oh, sick. Yeah, because once uh uh you know slavery was abolished, this was apparently supposed to be an area that was kind of like put aside. Yeah, founded during the freed. administration of James Monroe. Yep. That is too cool. Look at that. We don't suck. We do so well, much. Well. So I decided to go ahead and also look into one of my favorite things of all time, because everything seems to always be able to come back to James Bond. I was wondering where you're going with that. And of course, there was the secretary at the MI6 offices, Moneypenny. Nice. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. What a, 
<laughs> what a terrible name for a character. Money Penny? I know, right? So she was the actually the secretary to M uh, at MI6. And the whole character was built around this idea that they had like really deep kind of underlying sexual romantic uh, like tension between like she and Bond. You know, they would always kind of like take little quips at one another yeah. uh, in the office. Now, that's not the original character. The original character was not written that way in the book. It was done that way for the movies. Um, and this is often, like I said, depicted uh, when Bond, you know, first arrives to the office with such quip, uh, quips as uh, flattery won't get you anywhere. But don't stop trying. I know that one. Of course. That might be the only one I know. So the most famous money penny, if anything, was um, from a performer. Her name was uh, Lois Maxwell. And she was in the role from 1962, so the original James Bond uh, and Dr. No, all the way up through 1985 in A View to Kill. So she had actually petitioned to get the role originally, or just a job with the first production because her husband had just had a heart, uh, had a heart attack. So like she needed to go ahead and like make some money for the family. So she had initially turned, um, Oh, I'm sorry. So initially she was turned down by the director of the first film, Terrence young, uh, who thought she looked quote, uh, looked like she smelled of soap. And I said, is this a bad thing? I was, that's what I was going to say. I don't know. Maybe soap was made from something different in the early 60s. But evidently, that was a, a bad thing. So he eventually wound up, like, gave her a choice between two roles. She could either be Money Penny, or in this first, uh, first film, she could play Bond's girlfriend. And essentially kind of, like, be one of the first, if not the first, right. Bond girl. She chose the former as Money Penny, and she was paid 100 pounds per day which is not a lot that's not no 100 pounds per day even in 1962 eat for each day of production so if she was on uh, the set yeah that's true Only um, she's there. and she had to supply her own clothes like she they didn't give oh, her damn. like a wardrobe um so the role after that you know the role was nearly recast when she asked for a pay raise uh just prior to diamonds are forever uh, but the crew thought that a regular character should actually be added in. Um, and that's how she kind of like gained her foothold. So they built a little, couple more like storylines oh. as time went by. And then in her final role, so for years, her wish, like the, the performer's wish, uh, Maxwell's wish, had always been that Money Penny would eventually be promoted into the job of M. And it was always rejected, always rejected, always rejected. So then in the final role, which was in A View to Kill, she had asked for the character to be killed off because nobody from even like any of the original movies was then going to be left after this. So she had asked for the role uh, to be killed off. Um, and instead they rejected it and they simply recast it then when Timothy Dalton had become the new Bond following after Roger Moore bastards right yeah it's a good story though i love it i love it i like I, I knew over the years that you really do love james bond but i not until we started doing the podcast now i understand oh I that you love. actually love 
Well, because you know my unhealthy obsession to begin with, like all things like Soviet and Russian also. Like I Definitely. just love that whole trope of like evil Russian overlord trying to and take you th- over. throw a little espionage on top of that and oh. we're hooked. Yep, eat it up. Come back for seconds. <laughs> All right, so I'm well, I'm going to get into my last thing. Yeah. I wanted to shine a little bit of light on some of the biggest purchases of all time. Oh. And a lot of these are acquisitions, like of one company oh, okay. taking over another. That's really all I could find. Although I will add this, because hmm. I did see, um, I saw like a short of it. Apparently, Shaquille O'Neal once spent $80,000 at Walmart at three in the morning. Oh, I'm going to tell this story because it's actually a pretty decent story. That's taken some like drunk online uh, shopping to a new level. You would think, right? You would think. So apparently when Uh, he, he, when he got traded from the Lakers to the, uh, to the heat, they told him like at an inopportune time, like it happened in not a good time of day, probably because LA is three hours behind. Yeah. So, he rushed to Walmart because they told him like, Hey, we have an apartment for you in Miami, but there's nothing in it. So he was like, I'm kind of an impatient guy. So like, you know, I went to Walmart and I start buying giant flat screen TVs. I got computers. I got, um, towels, underwear, shirt. He like, he literally furnished an entire apartment at Walmart. And then he gets up to the register and it's $80,000 to finally check out. Oh my God. And he, and this is my favorite part. He goes, so I swipe my card. says the client goes what swipe it again decline i said i know i ain't broke and you and you know shaq's not broke so apparently the like luckily the people who own the credit you know the credit card company called him and they were like shaq somebody tried to spend eight thousand dollars on you shot he was like it was me that's hilarious that's a a good one yeah because who spends eighty thousand dollars at a walmart he's he's a treasure for real Oh, man. And you see, because I thought it was going to be like a charity thing. And I was like, great. I sounded like an asshole in the beginning. Oh, no, it was no. going to be good. He's, he is, he's a funny guy, man. Yes, he is. So anyway, like these were all acquisitions that I had found. But what was really interesting when I looked at this list is that not until you hit 1969 mm-hmm. was anything bought for over a billion dollars. Oh, it was actually $1.8 billion. That makes sense. Right. Yeah. But then in the 80s, things mm-hmm. exploded. I Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. So $31 billion was the highest acquisition in the 80s. It was oh. in, it, and it happened in 1989. Mm-hmm. And then 10 years, 10 years later in 1999, the largest purchase in history, Vodafone. Oh, Vodafone. Vodafone? Yeah. Okay. Vodafone AirTouch PLC, which is I didn't know was a British telecommunications company. Yes. Bought Manisman. Mm-hmm. That's a German industrial conglomerate. Mm-hmm. The same year, though, for less money, much less money, only $70 billion. Only. Right? Verizon bought Vodafone. Oh. Oh, that is tricky as hell. Right. And it's weird because they happened at different times. Which Verizon bought Vodafone. And then Vodafone went and bought the other? Why? Madison. Verizon must have wanted it. I didn't... I don't think I knew that at all. That's a bizarre one. That and, is and a weird one. There were actually one. a lot of those when I looked through this list. I have two more quick ones. So do you know why, if anything, out of curiosity, like why they came about in the 80s more than anything else? And then no. like, I was surprised when you said that. Like you, you knew. 
so it was because of the fact is that um, to avoid <laughs> to avoid like monopolization oh, in business, okay. all these regulations were put in place, and then in the eighties they were all done away with. But didn't we didn't we bring it back recently, like twenty years ago? It's for it's all for show. There is there That's is no there is no checks and balance on. That's what I figured. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, in uh, 2015, yeah, I don't want to get into that. Yeah, it's all right. Heinz purchased Kraft oh, for a hundred billion dollars. Wow. Which wow. I had no idea. My and God. And also in 2000, AOL purchased Time Warner. Oh yes. For 182 billion dollars. So I didn't realize that. Does that mean that AOL owns Disney? Because doesn't Disney own Time Warner? It may wrong? have. I mean, it may have shifted at this point because there are yeah, so many 2000. of those. AOL Time. Yeah, because I don't think it's called AOL Time Warner anymore. You're probably right. I don't know off right. the top of my head, but yeah. And and if you notice, everything that you talked about too is all huge media, media and te- media and, and telecommunications, industrial. Yep. German yep. building. And, yep, yep, yep. Yeah, okay, look at this. What happened to Time AOL Time Warner in 2018? Yeah, I'm gonna have to look into that. Yeah, that's this is this is some of the. This is usually the lesson that I will announce in my class, and eyes glaze over until I start to discuss dollar amounts, and they're like, "Wait a second, I'm sorry. How much money? Yeah, how much money? Yeah. Once you start getting into that, like 15 billion, 17 billion range i mean even before that like who am i kidding and my favorite part about all of it how much money they all pay in taxes nothing compared to us Zero. no they in certain cases they don't pay Zero. anything like no. verizon you hear that fuck Look, you verizon we pay all taxes no they don't pay any u.s taxes how do they get away with that because of the fact is that they have contracts majority of the time through government agencies and as a result then they receive subsidies so the amount of subsidies that they get is often more than anything they would actually have we to pay. We should look into Verizon. Uh, we should look into all of these companies. That's true. It's, it's going to take way Anything too much Anything that's too big to fail can fail if you hit it hard enough. We're going to have to switch careers and quit this podcast and start like a new one. This beer was lovely, but it made us very angry Wait, this evening actually, for you're, some you're reason. You're totally right. We, we got very cynical. <laughs> um, I, I looked into the description of this beer on Untapped. Oh, please, yeah. We were talking before, and one of the things that they put in the notes that they get when they taste the beer I really resonated with and it's grape jam I feel like I got a ton of grape jam yeah. when we drank this beer yeah and that's the and well and again that that's, that's the, the the Cabernet um, exactly grapes in there the yeah. rest just for just for show the rest were crushed pomegranate mm-hmm. berry and granola parfait which I, I think yeah, I got I get a little bit of because it was kind of that like creaminess well and it's also vanilla. because of the vanilla uh, vanilla yeah. exactly and um, candied figs Vanilla icing and sweet fruit cup juice. I think this might be one of the highest that we have rated. That we both rated to date. Yeah, so high. Yeah. yeah. The only one that I can think that was higher is get pitted. True. And I don't yeah. even know if you rated it as high because I was super high on that one. Yeah, I don't know if I did either. I think this might still be one of my highest though. This is really uh, good. 4.3. I'm really happy that uh, I finally got this after not being able to pick it up on New Year's because of COVID. And then actually having to wait like four weeks to get it. And again, it came the same week as the Lunar New Year. So this worked out. Actually, I have to say, Rob, beautiful this up for me. So thank you, Rob. Thanks, Rob. Yeah. 
I was going to lick my lips for some reason, and I <laughs> don't know why. I'm really glad you didn't. I'm glad I didn't either. Do you have any other interesting little tidbits? For I, I think I've, I think I've, I've Can uh, you rouse up any exhausted more, uh... the. Uh, I think I've exhausted the people. Uh, I've exhausted myself. Yeah, I was going to say the only other thing I can uh, mention real quick that I think is funny is that there is a stream in Minnesota called Money Creek. And it got that name after someone walked by, some of their money blew into the creek, and it was never returned. Damn. What a way to get a name. What a way to get a name. I like that. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I can wrap there, I think. That, okay. feels, that feels good. Oh, and my sources, <laughs> if anything. It's like a terrible story to wrap yeah. on. It was it? I think it's kind of funny. It is. I'm laughing. I just think about it. I'm thinking of like creek conversation, like, hey, how'd you get your, how'd you get your name? Some schmuck lost a 20 in me about uh, 250 years ago oh my god i would watch that show i would like that creek chat no i feel like it would have to be up shit's creek oh oh stay tuned for our next episode of up shit's creek i'll take that out and post we don't want people getting their hands on that on what goodbye this guy what was that crack 12 year old alex oh man <clears throat> goodbye goodbye uh like I said, I think we'll throw up a uh, a quick survey. Yeah, anything, definitely. On, uh, on think Instagram. If, yeah, if you guys can think of anything better to name the Washington football team than the Commanders, please tell us. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because we want to know. My God. I want it to even, again, be like Commodores at this point. I'm not even mad at that. No, I'm not either, because if that one, to word. me, that's funny. It's the same word. Commander. A Commander's a dick, but a Commodore. How about Concords? Oh, yeah, but I would pronounce it the English way. A Concord. Okay, that's fair. All right. I'm okay with that. All right. Check those out on Instagram.com. Uh, at Beers and Podcast. At Beers and Podcast. And on Twitter at Beers and One. And on Gmail at Beers and Podcast at Gmail.com. I thought you were going to do it with me. I thought I was too. I, Sorry, I, Hector. You know what? I, I sat here. I watched you do it. I saw you step up to the plate. Gesture you. And uh, you... What we just did was we just held hands at the edge of the cliff and said, we're both going to seriously do it on three, right? And you jumped, and I I regretfully uh, stood behind. You said you were going to jump. You said you would jump. Okay, but anyway, we're really going to go. All right, everybody. Bye. Bye. Beers End is hosted by Alex Chula and me, Nick Messina. Video producer is Mike Delavan. Original music is by Alex Chula. Sound effects have been provided by Zapsplat. And audio editing and producing is from me, Nick Messina. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to Beers End wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Beers and Podcast and on Twitter at Beers and One. That's on Twitter at Beers and the number one. Or shoot us an email at beersandpodcast at gmail.com. And of course, Alex and I always want you to enjoy your beer safely and responsibly. Neither Alex nor myself have any affiliations with any of the breweries we sampled in this episode, be them legal affiliations or otherwise. If you have any questions or concerns, please email us at beersandpodcast at gmail.com. That's beers, the word and, podcast at gmail.com.